might be useful for you to learn a little bit about us so given that you're not used to uh, the voices this is Mark speaking and I set this firm up in 2017 with the aim of really trying to create something that I believed in having worked in other practices for about 20 years. A lot of firms I think today make a great emphasis on being modern and high tech and, and that is important and, and like everything you've got to harness the capability of that. But also, I was very fortunate to work at some traditional firms and, and the approach taken by them actually delivered high levels of service and thirst for accuracy and, and for clients being given the time and opportunity to understand their figures. And, and that's something that I hope if you're a client of ours that you that you feel that we're, we're delivering on. Um, so the office, the practice itself really started with myself and Stuart, uh, as I said, in 2017. And since then, we've now uh, acquired another office, which is over in Lincoln. And we now have around 24, 25 staff members. And one of those staff members is my co-host, co Tom. Yes. So um, as Max just introduced me, my name is Tom. I started working for the practice in 2019. I used to work at the Scunthorpe office and then uh, when the Lincoln office was acquired, I was transferred over there. Um, currently in the process of finishing off a couple of exams. Uh, then it's likely we're beginning the CII, that's the Chartered Insurance Institute exams. Um, I think something that we're looking at doing is broadening out the services that we're able to provide. Um, bringing in a couple of experts on the podcast. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The, the, the ultimate aim for the practice is to either provide internally um, the services that, that a client in business needs or have strong partnerships with uh, with outside providers. And I do think it would be useful on, on the upcoming uh, podcast to, to, I suppose, go through the the common pitfalls of, of maybe not in understanding insurance, uh, any legal element to, to running your business, um, where inclusive of uh, health and safety regulations, and then going more, I suppose, granular on the individual. We're talking um, wealth planning, uh, financial advice, and also wills, because I think you it's quite common that you get questions on, on that from clients as part of the tax return, isn't it, itself? Yeah, um, I mean, we get given a broad spectrum of questions uh, that don't just relate to tax. Um, mm -hmm. Some areas we are just not able to advise on. Um, and it's important for us to be able to provide the clients with a full and broad service to either um, have another organisation that we work with um, and ask them to service the client in that area um, or be able to complete that element of work ourselves. What are interest rates? An interest rate tells you how high the cost of borrowing is or how high the rewards are for saving. So basically, if you're a borrower, the interest rate is the amount that you charge for borrowing the money, shown as a percentage in relation to the loan itself. Though if you're a saver, it tells you how much you're going to receive as a reward for depositing your money, again, shown as a percentage. Even a small change in the percentage of interest rates can affect your ability to either service your loan or the amount that you're receiving in return for leaving an amount on deposit. What is the bank rate? The bank rate is the key interest rate in the UK, and this is set by the Bank of England. Once a month, a panel of nine sit and vote and decide what that rate should be. Parameters that they take into account include the general performance of the economy, so at this moment in time, as I'm sure our listeners are aware, we're going through an inflationary adjustment, basically where the price of goods this year cost more than they did at the same point last year. 
The belief of the bank is by making the cost of money more expensive, it will cool the supply of money and then therefore cool the price increases. Such matters also link into wage rises for employers and also the ability of businesses to be able to raise capital for expansion plans. So how has the bank rate changed over time? Looking back to 2008-2009 when the world entered the banking crisis, the base rate was between 5 and 5.75%. However, as a result of the banking crisis, the Bank of England decided to reduce the base rate to around about 0.5%. At the same point, they embarked on quantitative easing where they injected new money into the economy. The base rate remained flat then for a good number of years and the Bank of England around about 2016-17 decided to increase this. However, in answer to the coronavirus problem, they reduced this to 0.25%. However, in answer to the inflationary pressures that the world has been facing, the Bank of England have deemed it necessary and appropriate to use the base rate to bring inflation under control, taking us from a base rate of 0.25% to 4.25%. It is felt that 4.25% will be the resting point for the base rate, allowing the bank time to see if this is now going to feed into the economy and work as intended. However, the next meeting is due on the 11th of May 2023, at which point the the panel will vote again as to whether to hold, decrease or increase the base rate. What's the difference between a fixed and variable rate? A fixed rate is whereby you've agreed to pay back a fixed percentage for a fixed period of time. So you may have entered into a mortgage deal where the interest rate was 2.99% for two years, which basically means today's announcement will not immediately impact you. However, if you're on a variable or standard variable deal, today's announcement is likely to result in an increase to your payments. So my general advice to you would be to consider all of the finance that you've got outstanding at this point in time and understand if any of those are fixed and variable deals and perhaps decide which ones would be best to pay back soon. Also, I would start planning ahead with your mortgage and get used to or plan, if you like, for the the increase that is likely to come down the road as a result of the base rate changing significantly over the last 18 months. What is a limited company? A limited company is a type of business structure where the company has a legal identity of its own, separate from its shareholders and directors. They are also limited by shares or guarantee, limit the financial guarantee of the members to the value of their investments or what they guarantee. So unlike a sole trader or a partnership, the owners of limited companies are generally not personally liable for the debts of the organisation. What are the advantages of limited companies? So following on from the key comparisons earlier, aside from the core benefits of having their own legal entity and protecting the individuals from personal liability for debts incurred by the business, limited companies also have other advantages. Tax efficiency, where profits can be ploughed back into the business rather than having to pay excess tax. Raising capital, where shares can be sold to generate new capital. There is generally more credibility because limited companies are sometimes seen as having more of a professional image when compared to sole traders. Also, once the company name has been registered with Companies House, it cannot be used by another business. Now, Tom, obviously I've just said there that limited companies have a more professional image and that's quite rich coming from somebody that works in the limited company department. I just want you to to, to highlight the point that this is obviously not an anti-bias sole trader uh, podcast. So you, you represent plenty of businesses that, that are, are more than credible and are sole traders and partnerships. Yeah. 
So to start us off, what is VAT? VAT stands for Value Added Tax and is added onto prices in the UK and EU countries. It is a type of consumption tax because it is charged on the items that people buy and is also an indirect tax because it is collected by businesses on behalf of the government. So how much is VAT? So um, the majority of items um, will have a 20% rate of VAT for most goods and services. Um, there is a there are two other rates, uh, for example, the 5% rates. This is applied to some health, energy, heating and protective products and services. There's a 0% rate applied to a, a range of products and services to do with health, building, publishing, kids' clothing, financial services. Um, and there are the odd couple of things that are what are called out of the scope of VAT. So this could be, for example, a fine or something like that. So if I had a company and it was VAT registered, what would my invoices need to include? That's so that's a great question. I mean, um, a VAT registered entity has to include a number of things uh, on their invoices. Uh, and, and this is set out uh, that this has to be the case. So for example, all invoices must be numbered. The invoice has to be dated, and this should be the date that goods and services were supplied. If this is different to the invoice date, um, the business name and address should be on there. And I mean, the main feature that should be on the invoice is the VAT registration number of either the business or the company. Um, so the customer's name and address should be on there, and there should be a good description of the goods and services supplied. Now let's talk about the burning question, the digital display at the front <laughs> of the Scunthorpe office. I've definitely had some mixed reviews and comments from members of staff. Uh, there's some interesting photos of staff on there. Yep. Um, one of the more... One of the more widely regarded points uh, just in respect to clients uh, is we are able to offer a free advertisement service um, if you pop over uh, an image that you'd like advertising uh, within reason uh, onto the uh, onto the marketing team so that's led up by Sophie uh, we'll be able to put that on the marketing board yeah joking aside of course the the reluctance to have your face um, display 24 hours 365 seven days a week is uh, <laughs> is an employment requirement of working for the firm and uh, perhaps linking it back into the earlier earlier comment maybe some of the staff could listen to the podcast and learn a thing or two about what the sign but the the, the the idea of having things like this is for us to try and engage with um, with with the wider audience in in many different ways and and hopefully provide information that that's relevant that you can digest um, that you feel takes it to the level that um, would naturally then require a more detailed review of it and myself and Tom and the rest of the team are, are dedicated to existing clients and potential new clients and, and trying to ensure that we're consistent with the service that we offer and um, that's that's something that we want this podcast to portray the uh, the digital display at the front and and everything else that we do. Thank you.